Now, I'd like to welcome someone to the show who knows a thing or two about the Mackinac Policy Conference. The Detroit Regional Chamber has been holding this conference at the Grand Hotel for more than four decades now. But this year looks a lot different than in years past. Here to talk about it is the Detroit Regional Chamber's CEO, Sandy Barua. Sandy, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, it's great to be with you, Stephen. Yes, it is great to have you here. So first, I would love to hear how you're feeling about uh, being here on Mackinac for the first policy conference in two years, while also considering that we're also still in a pretty bad place in the pandemic, which forced you to cancel last year. Talk about the decision to get everybody together up here this fall. Well, you know, canceling 2020 was an easy call, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, you know, we were supposed to be in May of 2020. Uh, everything, you know, the, the world had just ended essentially. You know, not only was it impossible logistically to put on a conference, uh, even if we did, no one would show up. Yeah. So uh, 2021 was a little bit different, and uh, we were obviously scheduled for May of 2021, but the vaccine rollout had not really occurred yet, and we were adamant that we were not going to do this uh, unless we could find a way to do it safely, uh, and vaccines were a huge, huge part of that. So we wanted to wait until a vaccine rollout uh, could, could take place that anybody who uh, wanted a vaccine could get one and get one easily. Uh, and also, uh, we worked on a whole bunch of additional protocols, which uh, I'm sure we'll get into, mm -hmm. uh, that are unprecedented. There has never been an event of this size and scope uh, in the state of Michigan and very few, frankly, across the country that have implemented the health and safety protocols that we have for this event. Yeah, so, so let's talk about what we had to do before we came up uh, to the island. This yeah, week. so this is a fully vaccinated conference, full stop, no exceptions. And uh, so that means that not only did we require all of our speakers, all of our staff, all of our attendees to be fully vaccinated, uh, we, I'll be honest with you, we did not use the honor system. Uh, we partnered with Clear Technology. Many people are familiar with Clear. They're, uh, they're that service at the airport that allows you just to use your eyes or your fingerprints to, to kind of whiz through that initial uh, security step. Uh, I'm actually one of the original Clear members uh, uh, when they started way back in the uh, late, late 2000s. But uh, so everyone had to complete that process and you were not allowed to register or receive your credentials for the conference until, until you had that. Uh, in addition, we have mask requirements. Uh, and we have mask requirements in the theater where most people are uh, seated uh, a big chunk of the day to listen to our, uh, our thought leader speakers. We have mask requirements in the registration area and some of the high traffic areas. So even though it is not a rule or a law, uh, you know, we're, we're taking that extra step. Uh, we have reduced capacity substantially. Usually we have 1,700 people. This year we've got about 1,100. Uh, oddly enough, the people who are here love it. It's just, <laughs> the number of comments I've said says, "Listen, can you keep it at this level going forward? We love this size." And you know, and it's like, well, yeah, there's there's some pros and cons to that. And then finally, um, uh, in addition to the reduced capacity and social distancing that we have, uh, we have we all have bands. Um, and uh, I, I'm showing your your <laughs> listeners my band. I know you can't see it, uh, but we all have bands. Uh, people are putting them around the wrist or putting around their name tags it's red, yellow, or green, and it's just a quick, easy way 
to denote, hey, are you comfortable with a uh, handshake or a hug, uh, which would be green? If you just want to do a, a fist bump, you're yellow. And red, which is actually what I have, doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you. doesn't mean I want to be with you. It's just, that, you know, if you're that Seinfeld close talker guy, I'm going to take a few <laughs> steps back from you, man. <laughs> That's all that means. Right, right. So as you noted, it's different this year, and it feels very different. And I have to say, as someone who's been coming up here not nearly as long as the conference has existed, but for a very long time, I actually am experiencing it very differently. And and I'm not I'm not having a bad experience. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I would say that I have been able to have longer conversations mm -hmm. with people off the air. Of course, I mean, I always get to talk to people on the air up here, but off the air, I've been able to sit and actually have full conversations with people about things. And I'm not doing the ping-ponging yep. around that I normally have to do up here. I mean, normally I don't get to, to sit down for five minutes when we're up here. I've had a lot more sort of, le not leisure time, but leisurely time to engage with the people who are here. It is a much more relaxed experience. You're exactly right. You know, what I've been saying about the conference is that, you know, the conference is the same song, just performed by a different artist. So basically what we've done is that we, we've, we've taken the traditional rock and roll version of the Mackinac Policy Conference <laughs> and, and we've given it to a folk artist. And we just kind of slowed it down, <laughs> and and again, that's that's what that's what people are loving about it is that it it is a much more relaxed experience. Yeah. So, I, I'm wondering how happy you are with the outcome. There was an enormous amount of planning that, mm -hmm. of course, had to go into this that you don't normally have to do. And as you pointed out, there were these tensions about whether to have the conference at all, if you were going to have it, how to have it. We're here. It's day two. Are you happy? Oh, uh, over the moon. Uh, I can't tell you how happy we are and how pleased we are the way things have turned out. Uh, you know, from a logistic standpoint, point, having, you know, 500 people fewer than we normally have has kind of eased the, some of the burdens uh, on our team. Uh, you know, you know, uh, kind of fewer high drama issues. <laughs> uh, and again, because also not only just the fewer people, but just the more relaxed environment. Uh, you know, our speakers have been fabulous. I mean, I mean, absolutely fabulous. We had such a great lineup. Wright Lasseter, our chair, did such a great job. Uh, and his CEO committee kind of, you know, uh, putting the framework together. Uh, couldn't be happier with, uh, with, with, with the quality of the speakers, the experience that people are having uh, on the island, uh, the quality of the interactions uh, that, that people are having. Uh, it, it, it has been a win-win-win all around. Yeah. So what, what have been some of the highlights? Normally there are huge issues that we're debating up here or hoping that we'll come together with deals uh, up here. What are, what are the things that have caught your attention this week? Well, you know, one of the things that I was expecting, uh, Stephen, for uh, to be a, a big point of conversation here was the vaccine requirement. Because, you know, obviously there's lots of businesses that are, you know, thinking about mm -hmm. doing vaccine requirements. Obviously the Biden administration had, uh, has announced uh, uh, you know, a, a, a relatively controversial plan about mm -hmm. you know mandating vaccines uh, in, in cert with certain companies and government uh, contractors. Uh, that hasn't been a real huge topic. I haven't heard uh, much about it either. Yeah, I, I mean, one, the conference requiring the vaccine. It's just like, I mean, it, it, you know, like, I mean, there, there's like all these people like going, I can't believe this was a question, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and and very few people had issues. Now, obviously, there's people here 
who I'm mean, people who aren't here uh, who have taken issue uh, with the vaccine requirement or you know us unwilling to make certain exceptions. Uh, we respect that, but the, the fact that that hasn't been a point of conversation up here, I've found very interesting. Yeah. So I also want to give you a chance to talk about the value of conferences like this. You also do the Detroit Policy Conference, which you held this year at the Aretha Franklin Amphitheater so that that could be done safely in, mm -hmm. in the city of Detroit. Um, why do this? Why, why have these, these conferences? Why get everybody together up on this island once a year? So that that is actually a far more complex question than than it than it sounds like, and 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 I'm sorry this answer is going to be probably too long for your <laughs> listeners, but uh, you know here's the deal, right? You know uh, there's there's no surprise uh, to anyone that America is incredibly polarized right now, and America exists on a continuum. On one end of the continuum is we the people and leave no soldier behind. We are we are collectivists. We do things together. We accomplish big things together. On the other end of the American continuum is live free or die. Right, uh, it's the cowboy. Right, both of these uh, anchor uh, ethoses of America are both equally and critically important to the American experience. America would not exist; we would not be the country we are today if we did not have both those elements. The challenge is, is that you know the kind of collective effort that it took us to uh, win World War II, the type of collective effort, frankly, that existed e even after uh, the 9/11 attacks from 20 years ago, right? You know, we kind of swing over to collective mode when when we kind of need to, right? Mm -hmm. Not this time. Uh, because of the polarized politics, because of you know just the way the dynamics are in our society right now, is that we have this common enemy, COVID, but we did not swing over to, to, to collectivism. We stayed kind of pegged over to live free or die. So the reason why events like this are important that bring leaders together from different parts of the state, from different uh, parts of our economy, you know, the government, the corporate community, philanthropy, nonprofits, is about the only way now for people to come together to actually talk to each other as opposed to talk at each other via Twitter or, or via a news bite. This is a, a type of event, especially the way we structure it here, that forces people of different viewpoints to actually come together and be with each other in a physical space that kind of forces them to, you know, watch their manners, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I said uh, when I kicked off this conference uh, yesterday was, you know, uh, the Mackinac Policy Conference is a place where civility still lives. And you cannot have conversation without civility. You cannot have compromise without civility. And frankly, you cannot have progress for a country without civility. You can't govern without it. Exactly right. Yeah. So, and speaking of divergent views and people of divergent views coming together up here, we have far, far fewer Republicans this year, I've noticed, than we normally do up here. I'm not surprised by that, given what's going on in the country and given the, the, the bitter narratives that are playing out in politics. But talk about whether that damages what you just were talking about, that so many of the Republican leaders who we are used to seeing here are absent. Uh, the, the short answer is yes, it does. Uh, you know, the fact that we don't have uh, the usual balance uh, between conservatives and liberals um, and everyone in between mm -hmm. uh, up here on the island uh, t does take away. I will say that is the one regret that I have. 
for uh, for this particular for all the pluses that are occurring this year, that is a negative. Now, part of it is is that the legislature is trying to is busily finishing up the budget. Yeah. yeah. So 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 they're working. I don't begrudge that. And and you know neither uh, the Senate Majority Leader or the or the House Speaker you know have said well we're not coming because of you know or we're going to schedule this or you know <laughs> you know it's uh, you know uh, you know so it's unfortunate but. Uh, you know, we're going to do this again in May, yeah. which isn't that far far along, and hopefully we'll be in a different situation in a public health environment where, you know, we, we you know we can uh, everyone will feel a little bit more welcome. Yeah. So I want to talk about one of the pillars of the conference this year, and it is to quote advance racial justice and equity for all. Talk about the decision to put racial justice on the on the big agenda. Yeah. Here. No, absolutely. So when, you know, Wright Lassiter and the CEO committee and, and I were, you know, thinking about, okay, how do we, how do we shape this year's conference? So one that we haven't done in 28 months, right? You know, the, the, the kind of the brief was very clear. What are the most important issues that have developed in American society here in Michigan over the last 28 months, especially over the last 18 months with the pandemic? And obviously, you know, uh, public health is one, but also social justice is the other one. I mean, you cannot look back on these last 18 months and recognize, respect that there has been a sea change. There has been a monumental shift uh, in the discussions and the values of the country. And frankly, being a business organization, including the values of the business community, around racial and social justice yeah. and to not have that as a pillar of this year's conference frankly would have been a crime yeah yeah and, and i mean it has it has meant a really different tenor to some of the panel discussions and just overall i mean it, it, it really matters what you guys choose as the pillars up here yeah you know it, it, it really does and 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 the, and the, 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 the you know the social justice and racial justice pillar you know uh, is is really an economic pillar I mean, it is such a, in fact, you know, uh, this morning we had Raj Chetty from Opportunity Insights, Har you know, from Harvard. Uh, right now on, on stage is, uh, is a panel of education experts, including the new Skillman CEO, Angelique Power. Uh, and, you know, you cannot uh, disassociate the opportunities we give young people, especially young people of color in disadvantaged communities, with what our economic outcomes are. Uh, it, 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 it's a one-to-one -one relationship and, and it, it needs to be fixed because for those of us who are in the business world, we want a thriving economy and a thriving economy means that we need thriving economic participants. Yeah. Uh, and you know, as we say, no soldier left behind. You know, as we said in the, in the 2000s, no student left behind. We can leave no worker behind. We can leave no economic participant behind. Okay, Sandy Barua, CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber. Congrats on uh, bringing us all together up here on Mackinac once again, and uh, thanks for coming by. It would not be the Mackinac Policy Conference without you, Stephen. Aww, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk with Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson about redistricting and what is going on in branch offices all around the state. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.